Money. Mwadzuka. Ine ndavzuka buino. I was saying hello. How did you awake? For me, I awoke well. So my name's Julian Watson. I'm director of Embedza Project Support, and this is the Embedza Project Support podcast. And I've titled this episode "Over Forty Four Thousand Feet." So I'd like to begin by telling you about Damien Wells. Damien comes from Tunbridge Wells in Kent, and right now he's on day ten of a twelve-day trek to. Ride his bicycle from Land's End to John O'Groats. It's a 960 mile journey and it includes over 44,000 feet of climbs or ascents. The, the equivalent to climbing Mount Everest one and a half times. Damien's doing this to um, raise funds for our tree planting programs in Malawi and uh, so I extend a, a, a huge thank you. Um, I'm, I'm slightly chuckling to myself because, of course, I'm sat in the comfort of my own home. Um, thinking of Damien going up and down those Scottish hills. So why, why are we tree planting? Why does MPS, why is MPS started um, these tree planting projects in Malawi? So I want to take you back to um, the year 2016 and in 2016 we completed our second large stove building program. So our first one was in 2014 at Mbulukuta village where we built 155 Esperanza stoves and we followed that up with a second project village which was Ntia with 192 Households and in 2016, I had the joy and privilege of um, visiting Malawi with a group, um, in particular to visit Antia Village and see the end of the project. And uh, we were invited on a particular day to take part in their celebrations. I have to, I've got such strong and vivid memories of this day, it is a joy to me. Um, and for those of you who have visited Malawi, or if you're Malawian listening to this, when I say a Malawian celebration, you will, I'm sure, immediately be able to um, picture what that means. It, it meant a lot of speeches. It meant lots of singing and dancing. It involved some drama. It was a great afternoon, and we felt very highly honoured as guests. Um but there were a number of surprises. So we'd we'd gone um, to this event thinking that it was about the Esperanza stoves that we'd been building. And it was about that, but it was actually so much more than that. Um, there were a number of um, dignitaries and um, people from other development organisations there who gave interesting speeches. And one of the things that really impressed me was um, we were invited to see a, a range of um, agricultural produce that the villagers in that area were producing. Um, in particular, they explained to us that they were doing this to tackle some of their environmental and climate change issues. And I was very struck about um, the seriousness with which this community was thinking about their environment, but also about 
how climate change was impacting their livelihoods. And um, perhaps the in the, mo- the most obvious way um, would be in that weather patterns have become much more unpredictable um, and that they were trying to compensate for the unpredictability of the weather by looking at alternative foods that they could grow. I, I just found it very fascinating, interesting. And I have to say I was, I was very impressed. Um, during that afternoon, uh, there was a tap on my shoulder and uh, a gentleman um, called me to one side and he asked me if I would... He explained he was from Radio Zomba. Would I be prepared to be interviewed? And I said, certainly, that's fine. So he he got out his recording device and we had a brief interview. And I remember being stunned by his first question because he said, "Uh, Mr. Watson, um, can I ask you what you think of the efforts um, that this community is making to address issues of environment and climate change? I was stunned actually because I was I'd been sitting there looking at everything that I was witnessing thinking this is a community that is trying to respond to issues of climate change and environment but I'm from a western industrialized nation and I'm part of the cause of this I'm part of a a nation that's responsible for climate change or let's just say that I'm part I'm from a nation that's significantly responsible for the amount of um, CO2 that is now in the atmosphere um, so uh, I remember um, in my response I said well look I'm just going to be honest I don't know how to respond to that question because I'm looking at this from the viewpoint of a person who belongs to a country that has very much contributed to the issues that your community is trying to come to terms with. Um, And I feel a great sense of responsibility. So, but I commend the community for all the efforts that they're making. Now, it certainly meant that when I got home to the UK, I, I had many questions on my mind, one of which was, well, to what extent is the is the UK responsible um, for let's say, um, CO2 emissions in the atmosphere or or greenhouse gas emissions. Um, has anybody studied this? And um, this period of time happened to coincide with me completing my um, degree with the Open University in International Studies and the start of my master's course in development management and climate change and environment were very much part of those studies. So um, one of the things I wanted to investigate is, is there any data on the relative levels of um, contributions that various nations have made to greenhouse gas emissions? And in fact, there are studies that um, various organisations have done that go back to 1751. Um, I guess that date is chosen mainly because it was a significant time um, in terms of the Industrial Revolution, which very much began in the United Kingdom. And um, uh, these studies looked at the dates 1751 to 2019. Um, And what I learned from that was that um, it's calculated that the UK is is responsible for 4.7% of all 
greenhouse gas emissions from 1751 to 2019. And just to give you some comparative figures, um, it's calculated that the USA is responsible for 25%, China 12.7%. But the entirety of Africa, which is just an absolutely massive continent, um, 3%. So that gave me some food for thought. It, it then led me to think, okay, well, if those are the kind of national statistics, what... What about me personally? What What is my carbon footprint? Um, so again, I went off to do some investigating and I decided to try and calculate my carbon footprint. I'm not even going to pretend that I did that in the most detailed scientific way, but I just wanted to get a broad view of roughly over a period of time, how many tonnes of, of CO2 my life and lifestyle has contributed to um, this issue and um, I was able to make a calculation. Um, now, it then led me um, to thinking about, well, from, a, from the perspective of Embeds of Project Support, um, how do we think about this issue? And I, I decided to frame the question um, thinking about... Um, there's a there's a passage in the prophet Micah um where the prophet asks the question um what is it that God requires of us and in in the response he says we should do justice love mercy and walk humbly and I remember at the time I was thinking about that idea of doing justice loving mercy and walking humbly and I just felt that well Actually, if I think about this as a justice issue, um, I or we come from a nation that has historically contributed 4.7% of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, I personally have benefited from a lifestyle, but it's a lifestyle that has created a significant carbon footprint. So from the perspective of doing justice, then I should take responsibility for that carbon footprint. So what I decided personally to do is that I would calculate my carbon footprint, work out how many trees I would need to plant to mitigate that amount of carbon. And I made the calculation from 2007, which I'll explain why in a moment. Um, I was doing this calculation in 2019 and I projected my carbon footprint forward to 2014. Sorry, 2024. So... I calculated my carbon footprint from 2007 to 2024 and worked out how many trees I would need to plant personally to mitigate that carbon footprint. That seemed to me to be a personal response to acting justly, taking responsibility. As an organisation, it felt, looking at this issue, that we needed to do something. And so... I, in terms of Embeds of Project Support's response, I'm just framing this as a, this is an act of mercy. Um, it's what we can do as a compassionate response as a, or as a merciful response. In other words, we recognise that Mal Malawians are being impoverished by climate change and their environmental issues, that um, part of the reason we got into building Esperanza stoves was to reduce wood consumption. Um, 
I have a 2013 Malawian academic study in front of me where these academics and analysts calculate that on current wood consumption, Malawi will run out of trees by 2013 unless it adopts policies which are going to address the issue. And the advice in this paper was that Malawi should invest in improved cook stoves and in tree planting. And it felt when I was reading this paper that we've certainly made a start in helping Malawi with improved cook stoves, but we haven't yet done anything about tree planting. And again, thinking about Micah's um, Do Justice, Love Mercy and Walk Humbly, um, and Bedza Project support espouses values of listening carefully, respecting the local. And I just felt we should listen carefully to Malawians who are asking for help with their environmental issues. So these are some of the factors that led to us wanting to begin as an organisation to respond to this issue about tree planting. Now, when we initially launched our tree planting schemes, uh, we very much sold it um, along the lines of let's think about how we can mitigate our carbon footprints. And I have to say that we've had some tremendous responses. Now, um, again, I began this episode talking about Damien Wells and his um, cycle ride. Um, I've just checked Damien's Just Giving page and so far there's £5,621. Um when we've made all our calculations, we can deliver tree planting in Malawi basically at around £1 per tree. So Damien's fundraising is going to enable us to plant at least 5,500 trees in Malawi. Now, um, the other thing that very much impressed me about Damien... Now, again, for those of you who may or may not know, Damien is married to Mandy... Um, Mandy is one of our associate directors um, directing and leading our tree planting response in Malawi. And in fact, Damien um, also came to us and said, well, he wanted his business to mitigate their business carbon footprint. Um, and so Damien, actually, his his business is the first business that um, is doing this with Embeds of Project Support, and um, that has led to some very significant contributions. But we also had a whole range of individuals and organisations who equally wanted to think about mitigating their carbon footprint. So I'd like to mention Manor C of E Academy in York. Um, they took very seriously um, the impact of their visits to Malawi. So when they were sending groups over, they wanted to calculate the the CO2 impact of their flights. And, um, you know, if you've got a group of 20 people going over, the impact of 20 returns to Malawi is, is a significant carbon impact. So they all made additional contributions to the cost of their visits. Um, we were able to plant some significant woodlots in Malawi as a result of Manor Church of England Academy's contribution. And in fact, those trees are ultimately going to result in um, a, a, po- a carbon positive situation than, rather than a carbon negative situation. We had many individuals contact us saying, well, I'm planning to go on holiday with my family. I'm thinking of one 
right now a family again from York uh, their children went to Manor Church of England Academy and they said we're going to South Africa this summer and um, can you calculate the carbon footprint of that journey and tell us how many trees we would need to plant so again we had many people respond um, we had some individuals who came forward and just said look I would like to um, provide the funds for um, a tree planting program not not from a um, a carbon mitigation angle but just um, I want to provide a response to the need in Malawi for more trees so um, we were able for example with the funds from a donor from Brussels to do a tree planting program at a primary school in Songani um, and that project is really doing well so there are many benefits to tree planting in Malawi so we can think of it as a it's a win-win from my angle it's a win-win situation because as as an organization that wants to take the issue of our carbon footprint seriously it it mitigates that but from a Malawian perspective it increases wood supply in Malawi and this is a serious environmental issue because at the end of the day, 90% or more of Malawians are cooking using wood fuel and there's no conceivable way that that is going to change for many, many years. So there's a wood supply issue. Um, planting trees, for example, amongst maize fields has a beneficial soil improvement um, mechanism. These trees will restore nitrogen um, to the soil and there are many studies which show that um, if you if you do this then ultimately it's going to inc it's going to result in increasing crop yields we can supply fruit trees which are a benefit obviously from a nutritional point of view and there are other you know when we ask Malawians why why do you w want trees they will tell us very practical reasons like trees provide shade um, I was very impressed with the head teacher at Songani Primary who said, well, we're, we're, we're doing tree planting not for our benefit, but for the benefit of the next generation. And it was just beautiful to see the enthusiasm with which the young people at Songani Primary School were engaging in that project. So from, a, from an Embedza project support viewpoint now, getting involved in tree planting in Malawi is completely a win-win situation it's beneficial to us because it means we can do justice um, it's beneficial to Malawians because it's assisting them with their issues and if these environmental issues are not addressed then it will result in increasing poverty in Malawi okay so before I end then the only thing I want to just quickly go back to and explain I mentioned that when I did my personal calculation, I decided to do it from the year 2007. Now, you could ask me the question, well, why did I not calculate my personal carbon footprint from 1960? Because, of course, 1960 was the year in which I was born. But I decided to calculate it from the year 2007 because at, the, at an economic forum in 2007, there was... Um, um, there were many nations in the world who were negotiating over climate change and what, well, essentially who was responsible and who should do what. 
And I'm sure you can imagine that those debates would have been quite heated because the many of the poorer developing nations were saying, look, we are not the ones responsible for climate change, but we are the ones who are suffering its impacts the most. Whereas um, the industrialised or industrialising nations um, certainly are responsible, but uh, are, are often suffering the effects the least. Um, now, it seems from what I can tell um, and when you study these negotiations that the Western industrialised nations were extremely reluctant to accept responsibility for the issue and um, what happened in the end was that the Indian delegation stood up and said look we're getting nowhere um, let's draw a line under this and let's say that up to 2007 that all those nations that were industrialising and as a result of that were pumping carbon dioxide into the atmosphere in particular through the use of fossil fuels like gas, coal and oil. Let's just say, for argument's sake, that that was done in ignorance, um, not realising what the implications and what the repercussions of that would be. But let's also agree that from 2007, we do now know the impact that these things are having and we all need to take responsibility as nations and individuals for our national and individual carbon footprints. So... That was a very gracious and merciful response. So when I did my own personal calculation, I just said, well, OK, I accept the forgiveness. Now, up to 2007, I, I was acting in ignorance. But from 2007, I do not have an excuse. So I made my calculation from 2007. So I hope that explains um, why that date was chosen. Anyway, to finish... I hope this episode has been enlightening about how Embedza Project support came to be tree planting in Malawi. If you would like to join us on this journey, whether it's as a, an act of justice or an act of mercy or walking humbly, then I invite you to join us in alleviating poverty in Malawi by enabling us to plant trees. And thank you for listening to this episode. And Damien... Um, if you hear this today, I believe you've got two days to go and you'll be at John O'Groats. I wish you well in completing the end of your cycle ride. And thank you for the tremendous fundraising that uh, you're achieving through this venture. Thank you very much.